And then, and then there'll be this kind of, like you were talking about earlier, Adam, this kind of moralizing of like, oh, I, I feel like I'm keeping it because I, I bought it. I feel like I should fin- – I bought it for a reason. I feel like I should finish it, you know. And then in the in Marie Kondo's book, she's like, no, you got exactly what you needed from that book, which is that you learned that you don't care about that book. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 417 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the miscellaneous programmer. I'm Sam and I'm wearing pink today. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is May 25th, 20 Jubilee. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be profanity in this show. And we'd also like to thank our supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net, where we have a new donation with a note, with a message from Lex Zap, who says, Here is some moolah, maybe for a future shenanicon. The 2019 one was the best game dev conference my brother and I have ever been to. So, you know, we have been known to throw down in our day. However, our day was a while ago. 2019. Yep. <laughs> Long in the teeth. <laughs> Wait, that's yep. a horrifying saying now that I've said that out loud. Long in the tooth. The reason you get long in the tooth is because your gums recede as you get older. So your yeah. teeth get real fucking long, you know? Scary. Oh. And I guess if you wait long enough and you're just a skull, then like your teeth are real long. Teeth. Yeah. 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 Then you're real old. Yeah. Totally. If you're just a skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we, Shenanicon was fun. Like it was, it was fun to, to do all of it. We had like our level head competitions and that was fucking, uh, we did like live podcasts, went out to dinner with a lot of the people who were there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was like, it was, it was a fun get together. It was a lot of work though. It was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was a lot of work to put those things together. <laughs> and actually like we were, we were trying to figure out how to make that you know, more sustainable and blah, blah, blah after 2019. And then COVID happened. We're like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now Sam's in Connecticut. So we don't even have a venue anymore because mm-hmm. we had an office. Yeah. The whole thing, you know, it was, uh, it was feasible because of a variety of, you know, circumstances at the time, but yeah, you know, who knows? maybe the only one might be left. Yeah. Here, you know, there were uh, two, maybe yeah. if 2018 two becomes a global phenomenon, you know, no, mm-hmm. probably not. Probably still not doing it. Probably still again. Not. But uh, it's a good thought. It's a good yep. thought. Mm-hmm. So I think today we're just going to get into questions. Let's uh, go. As I as we mentioned last week, you know we have some news coming up, but we're gonna we're sitting we're sitting tight uh, on talking about most studio things on the podcast. Well, until- I will reveal that I saw a fox outside my office window yesterday, uh, maybe two days oh. ago. I don't know what time it is, and it was shocking and amazing. Adult fox or baby fox. Adult fox. Also, about an hour before that, family of turkeys. I don't know what's happening. I don't know why there's a parade of animals through my backyard, but I'm very into it and keep my eyes peeled. Yeah. Was was the fox going in the same path as the turkeys? It was. In fact, might have been in pursuit. Yeah. You might you might have seen a snack go by, uh, followed by a snack eater. I counted six turkey babies. So if there are fewer turkey babies next time, we will know. We will know what happened. Yeah, or one of them's just uh, you know off at a, at a sleepover at yeah. a friend's place. You yeah, know, they, they do turkeys do that. They're very social animals. Right here they do yeah. that. They always go to each other's houses to play Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, yep. it's those turkeys. It's <laughs> part of turkey culture, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, all right, so let's get into questions. Uh, these questions come from podcast.bscotch.net, and the highest upvoted question for today comes from 
Chelosis, who says, I have 5,000 ideas for personal projects, and I never know which one to pursue. Do you have tons of ideas? How do you all decide which to actually build? Mm. The, the first answer is yes. Um, tons of ideas. Also, having Infinite ADHD ideas. brain means you're just you're just an idea factory. Whether you want to have ideas or not, whether you're trying to sleep or mm. not, you're just – it's just infinite. It's, by, it's like being plagued by a swarm of bees, yeah. you know? Well, and the other Which isn't to say they're good ideas. Like most of the, just like any any nope. pool of ideas, most of them are bad, right? But they just keep on coming and there's no stopping them. And there are a whole bunch in there that over time have accumulated that I'm like, oh, it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be cool. It, it would, would be, be cool. Yeah. But it would also be – I think part of the problem is, is experience yes. where the more things you've built like the and the bigger things you've made, the more you realize how what seems like a pretty like cool weekend project idea is actually like a six month, five person seed funding level kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that it does kind of help in a weird way. Like it helps kind of squash the like, oh man, I'm gonna which one do I do? Because the answer nowadays is like none of them. I'm going. I'm taking a nap. Yep. Like this is too much. <laughs> my my new idea is napping or yeah, doing some yoga. That's my <laughs> yeah, that's good idea. Yeah, yeah, I still and admittedly I still pursue stuff here and there. And I think a lot of the th- the things that turn into the projects I'm working on in the studio like start as side projects where I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder how this works or it would be cool if, or let me go just like learn about, you know, this, this thing. Right. Um, but that is still a process of like choosing the things that, that both sound interesting enough that I'm actually going to work on them. Right. Which I've gotten mm-hmm. better at over time. Uh, but also identifying those things that like, that feel like they could actually be interesting enough. Once I like answer some initial questions and like get a prototype mm-hmm. done or whatever, that it might be worth pursuing, right? So like, so the kind of questions that I'm answering when it's like, what do I pursue is basically, what am I likely to keep working on is actually the most important thing, right? Because I've started a million projects in my, in my youth in particular, right? That like lasted a weekend, right? Or mm-hmm. lasted as long as I could sit down and write notes about it, like, ooh, what if I did? And I start like jotting down the notes, you know? And then yeah. that was the last I ever even thought about it, right? Uh, so I think... Yeah, in, in my in my my elder millennial age, nice. I've, I've kind of figured out how to how to differentiate. But again, really, it's like it's it's just I think the understanding that the core mechanism by which projects are actually done, right, is just my own interest, right, and my ability to maintain it. And so that's I've learned to get better at identifying those things that I'll actually be able to stay on sustain yeah. interest. Well, well I, I want to kind of because to me actually. Because you know, the second part of the question is, you know, how do you decide which one to actually build? I don't know if I've ever actually decided to do something, yeah. period, like the, that I ended up following through on because some things are just kind of like inherently – Some things you got to do now. They just kind of hook me in and grab me by the face and I'm like, I'm doing this now. Like I, this mm-hmm. is super interesting and engaging and I didn't, I didn't sit back and be like, what should I do? And then like pick amongst my ideas. It's just at some point one of them became compelling enough that I couldn't not do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> well, so maybe uh, that's maybe that's the ticket because I think I the strategy I advocate for for myself is is sort of a is actually just to do a very shallow shallow engagement with many one of these ideas and see if it's sort of like you turn it you're just lifting the lid you know and you see if like there's a there's a cool chorus of or you know maybe a 
screaming basket of devils come out of this thing? Or is it just like a, is it boring? Like if you just like, if you just peek into this project a little bit, you start digging into it, does it grab you by the face and make you go or not? I think the, the challenge is basically recognizing, I think, I think I used to beat myself up a lot about not pursuing or not yeah. like really, yeah, in a discipline That's way, like pursuing, it, yeah. yeah, pursuing these projects. Uh, and then, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, kind of slowly realized that like having the ideas and sharpening your ability to just have those ideas and assess them is its own little game and its own little hobby of a sort. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is recognizing that if you take just a very small amount of time to do some of those assessments for for those 5,000 ideas, um, you know, there's going to be like three, it's like any given day of the week. It's like there's three or four things that you're like, that would probably be the coolest or that'd be interesting. And instead of leaving it there and letting it just float in the ether forever, you sort of go in with a machete and it's like, okay, you're either going to pass this test and be actually of interest to me and I'm just going to, and we're going to go away together or you're dying. You know, it's time to be murdered because I'm tired of having 5,000 ideas. And then you look at it, you assess it, have some chats, you know, do some Google and whatever else for like 15 minutes. And oftentimes within, by the time it's over, you're like, I'm, honestly, never mind. This is not very yeah. good. Yeah. But I think also the the moralizing that you're talking about of being like, oh, I started this project or didn't finish it. Therefore, I'm a bad person. Stick with right? it. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. Or I started it. Therefore, I should stick with it or else I'm a bad person. Right. Like, the, I think those are the things that make it impossible to actually pursue stuff because you end up becoming so worried about the future of the thing, you know, like whether you're going to finish it. And then once you've started, then now you start to feel like, too, like you can't go pursue something else because you started this other thing. And even though that's less interesting now, you you know, you need to keep on working on that because otherwise you're a bad person, right? Yep. It's if you can work on removing the moralization of that stuff, that's actually what allows you to pursue stuff in a in a more free way because it just doesn't matter, you know? Like, because I have, yeah, I have a be- bunch of side projects that I just like, every once in a while I'm like, oh, I should work on this again. It would be fun, right? And that's now the end of the thought process instead of like, oh, I haven't worked on this for a long time. Oh, right? yeah. And maybe you start working on it and you're like, wow, this isn't fun after all. Never yeah, mind. and actually that, that's most, of the, <laughs> most <laughs> of the times like on my evenings and weekends when I just like, pick something up that I, you know, left, left in the dust on the side of the road. And I'm like, Oh, I want to push this forward a little bit. And I start to like work on it and then like, you know, update all of my tech and like reorient myself to the project and kind of figure out what's going on. Then at some point I'm like, nah, never mind, Right. And then I just, that's just it. I, I think there's fun. an interesting thing here, which is like, so in, in my art classes and stuff, there was this, one of the teachers was talking about how people actually spend too much time finishing pieces, which I thought was fascinating because that seemed like the opposite advice from what a bunch of other people talked about. But their general point was that finishing anything requires such a tremendous amount of work, just a tremendous amount of work, even if it's just a picture, right? Finishing it, finalizing the render, whatever else. And oftentimes, if you think about these as these potential projects or potential ideas, instead of as a thing that you need to finish to get the value out of, if you can define a little bit better what the value would be for you, where that value would be in working on the project and then letting yourself basically stop there such that what you end up doing is you sort of sharpen, you're basically sharpening selective skills with any one of these things that you're doing. And then instead of continuing on a path with it just for the sake of finishing it, um, which, you know, again, it doesn't have any merit in and of itself, but only like it only has merit if the thing you're trying to work on is finishing something. You know what I mean? Like, how do I take something from, from A to Z? In which case, don't build a big thing because the whole point is just to finish a thing and like figure out how a deployment pipeline works or, you know, whatever, whatever the project is. Um, you, I think being able to define what it is you're trying to get out of the activity you're doing is what allows you to know 
when is both appropriate and good to stop and if you've sort of achieved what you're trying to achieve. So you don't have to like, I don't know, you see people like rendering yeah. in art all the time when they just, they don't have enough, there's not enough going on on their fundamentals to be worth rendering. It's like, that is- And yeah. it can include like your your motivation for why you're doing something is because you think it'll be fun, right? Or because yes. you think it'll be interesting, right? Or you just enjoy then, it. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, or you just enjoy it. And I think that's, that, that's where I've ended up is I just, I just love programming and I love learning about how tech works and I and like learning new ideas about how to model stuff in the real world and the digital space. You know, like I just really like that stuff. And so I've gotten to the, it used to be though, that I felt like there had to be like, I, had, I needed to go learn this new thing because it was likely to be important. And if I didn't learn it, it was going to be a problem. Right. Right. And at this point now I just learn stuff because I think it's interesting. Right. And the moment I get bored, I just stop doing that, <laughs> that thing. Right. Uh, and what I'm doing with my side projects, like it's like my my personal website I rebuilt last year, um, and and it was basically because I was like, I think it would be fun to take all the stuff I've learned about web dev and you know all the stuff and get and like just apply it to something else. But mostly it was because there was this new framework that sounded like it would be so much fun to use, and I wanted a reason to use it. And I was like, okay, well, my personal website is simple. It's like, what, an about page plus like here's some blog posts, right? So like as simple as it could be, let me just go like play with this, right? And it literally took like, I don't know, three months or something of like poking it for a couple hours a week, right? Just to the point <laughs> where I'd be away. like, oh, I'm not having fun anymore and I would stop, right? And so it took like three months or something to to build what in the end is a tiny, simple website that actually like was collectively – actually a bunch of hours of work. Most of that was in like trying stuff and learning things, experimenting, right? Researching. Yeah, yeah just researching. But like the real amount of work that actually went into building the website was like a few hours, right? And it took me months to get there, right? And it's because I was only doing it when it was fun. And which is fun, which was fun the because like, yeah. along the way, you know? yeah, because like cause it, it, by the end of it, I, I, did, I wasn't looking back and like, oh, that took so long to do or like, why did I waste all this time? Like and I, and I was using tech. I didn't need to. Right. Because like the tech outpaced like in terms of like the stuff that it could do it was like far beyond what is required for like this simple of a website. But I was like, I just want to see what it's like to use that. And that was the entire mm-hmm. reason. Right. And I had a blast. And, and since then, over the past now, like year. I've just like completely redone my personal website like three different times, right? Uh, because just for, fun. just for fun, like I didn't need to. There was literally no reason to. I've put it's means of exploring. I've stuff. put out fewer new blog posts than I've com- than the number of times I've completely redone the website. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's the part that's fun for me, and I just sort of embraced that. That like do it when it's fun, and then when it's not fun, don't do it, and then the whole time that's fine. Who cares? You know? So I feel like there was a great lesson in the the life changing magic of tidying up mm. book mm-hmm. um, when she's talking about books because people will often have like this especially from a time when people would buy more you know actual physical books mm-hmm. and and you know nowadays it's more ebooks probably but but people would buy a book and then either never read it or start reading it and then be like eh, and then just turns out it, it wasn't good. for them mm-hmm. right and then they'll then they'll keep the book they'll keep it on their shelf they keep it forever right and even keep reading it and, if they didn't like it yeah and then and then there'll be this kind of like you're talking about earlier Adam this kind of moralizing of like oh i 
I feel like I'm keeping it because I, I bought it. I feel like I should fin- – I bought it for a reason. I feel like I should finish it, you know. And then in the in Marie Kondo's book, she's like, no, you got exactly what you needed from that book, which is that you learned that you don't care about that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, yep. and now you can give it to somebody else. You can donate it and maybe somebody else will get something out of it too. And even maybe what they get out of it is the same thing you got out of it, which is, yeah, this book isn't for me. You know? Yeah. It's the same uh, idea that I tell people when they like in the studio when they discover they've gone down a, a path that didn't bear fruit, right? And they'll, like, they'll maybe spend a week or, or even weeks, right? Like digging into a thing and trying to like learn a new tech or trying to do, try to do something, right? And the other side of it realize, oh, this is actually – either just not feasible right now or it's a bad idea or it has a set of outcomes that that I don't like or whatever and then feel like that was a waste of time or bad or whatever right but it's just the same thing again which was you get the thing you got out of that was now you don't now you know you don't need to take that path right mm-hmm. you've just explored yeah, a and path like and it, there's and no way of knowing yeah there was yeah, no way to know ways. until you did it that 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 was the case and so yeah it feels like you're back where you were Right um, after that, because now you like throw that all away, go back to how, where whatever point you started at, right? Except that the place that you're at is never just like the static thing that it is right now. It's also all the possibilities of what you could do with it moving forward, right? It's it's basically time travel. Like yeah. you know, how people are people are like, oh yeah, man, if I could go back in time, knowing what I know now, right? Mm-hmm. It would be crazy. Yeah, you, it's, it's right. yeah, right. like, you basically just did. Yeah, because you went forward in time and you're like, oop, never mind. And you go back to where you and were. And then you just delete everything. Right. Yeah. But now you <laughs> so have the wisdom starting over. that you – But now you know things. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's a good way to, to think about it. Yeah. yeah. Be a I mean, time traveler. Yeah, I think it's – I can't remember if I ranted about Moby Dick on the podcast when I read that fucking book months, I guess, years ago now. But uh, for some reason, I picked it up and I was like, this is a classic – you know, people are into it. Apparently, it's supposed to be good. Started reading it, and I was like, I hate this book. I just and I read a lot, so I was like, I was, I was shocked, personally shocked that I just was not into it at all. And I called my our, our stepdad Kevin, who's an English professor, and was like, kind of expected. I was I basically called him. I was like, Hey, I really hate this book, and I can't. <laughs> I feel like, but I need to. You know, I feel like I need to finish it because it's like I started reading it. It's the same fucking thing, right? Um, not having a good time. Anytime reading it, but, but it also uh, feels like a like a personal failing if like it's a classic that is everybody says is so good and you're supposed to yeah. I I will say I will point out it's a classic from a time when there were like nine people on Earth and three of them could read. That's you fair. Know? So yeah. like it was a while ago. It was a while. Yeah, ago. things have changed since then. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was I think I called Kevin thinking that the response would be like yeah you know buddy listen as a professor of English you just need to buck up and read that book okay there's gonna be some hard times oh that was his advice <laughs> no that was not that was not his advice oh, this oh, okay, okay. I, expected, I think i called him sort of trying to get that like you know some external some like motivation. discipline basically yeah right uh, and instead he was like well fuck that book okay put good. that book down <laughs> he's like why you know you don't need to read something that you don't like reading there's no value in in necessarily in like finishing that just you don't you're not doing this for a class you're not doing this for anybody it's just for you so like don't oh, stop do something that you hate. Well, just it's started. <laughs> yeah, well, and a lot of this is like the discussions we've had about like what you should do versus like actually yeah, want to do. Stuff. Right? It, yeah, it's all the same stuff. Because like as as Seth said, like what what makes something classic? 
right? And the answer is mostly like the patriarchy, right? That's actually what makes the thing, right? It's just a bunch of like white dudes made some stuff a long time ago and a bunch of other white, old white dudes were like, this is really important. And then they made I mean, everybody else learn it. Even if it has nothing <laughs> right. to do with, with particular societal structures, there's a, there's a fuckload of randomness. There's just like randomness oh, yeah, yeah. in just, all well, Yeah, it's just like whether a game is successful or not, right? Exactly. It's, like, it's, like, it's like, about timing and everything else. Yeah. yeah. So like classics, the whole idea is made up. Right. And that, which isn't to a say classic. there's some good stuff in there. Like that's a different okay. question, actually, because like a classic is the same idea as like game of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is that it's the combination of something charge. being like good according to a certain set of, of tastes. Right. Mm-hmm. At that time. At that time. And then also random chance. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also a lot of like who knows who, because the reality is that. The awards are not given just because the people are like, oh, I've literally, we're all in a vacuum. I've never heard of any of these entities, and I fully evaluated each one of these things, and I think this one is the best. It's, oh, I've been hearing a lot about this one, and I know the people who are on the team, and I know they do really yeah. good work. And you know, like, That's actually what it is. And they applied for the award. And they applied for Which, the by award. by the way, a lot of times you have to do. You have to, you have to physically throw your name in the ring yeah. to get awards. Which yeah. is wild yeah, to but, think but, about. But also think about like uh, if you were trying to translate this philosophy into other domains, right? So let's say somebody's like, oh, yeah, like I, I'm into gaming. I love video games. And then you go, oh, well, have you played the classics? Yeah. Because if you haven't played Pong, you know, yep. it's a classic. Like Pong. It was so it was OG it was Half-Life. Yeah. Um, and then you go back and you play Pong and you're like, wait. This is, uh, I hate this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like things have changed, right? Tastes have changed. Technology has changed. And so like, what was it? Just because something was a classic doesn't mean it. And we're I think a lot it's more less concerned though. about whales these days from like a killing them perspective. Than <laughs> back in, the, in the Moby Dick era, it's like, fuck those whales. We need some oil for our lamps, right? Yep. And now yep. it's like just so hardcore save the whales vibes that I don't know if you guys saw that orcas are now sinking boats and like yachts yeah. they're like sinking yachts. yachts and and the whole world instead of being like oh no we got to kill these whales everyone was like fuck yeah sink those boats <laughs> whales that's yeah. wild yeah mm-hmm. yeah like think of how things have changed and now you're going back to read moby dick like you can't connect to that book it's no too far outside different time different yeah. time but i think i think the difference in games is for some reason very apparent because the whole point is to be having a good time so if you start playing half-life and it's just you think the polygons are ugly and you're like this is dumb and not my thing it's like the point is to have it's so explicitly in video gaming. The point is to have a good time, right? Whatever that exactly that means, but like it's to have a good time. And I think when it comes to some of these other things, then because there's there's a lot of you know, I guess those educational stuff wrapped up in it or whatever else, then there's this idea like yeah, if you don't finish a book or I don't know if you start a project and you don't finish a project, then there's all these things wrapped up in that because it's not about having a well in theory, it's not about having a good time. It's about something else entirely. And usually part of that is not having a good time. And like, that's what makes it worth sludging. It builds character, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, it does, sure, you know? But do you have to be building character in that one dimension all the time? Well, the thing they never never actually (laughs) say is whether it builds a worse or a better character, you know? That's true. Just... Just one, just a character, builds It just builds character. character. It's like, yeah, character makes it's you interesting, dimension. right? But does it make you interesting and bad? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, which part of your character is this building? The yeah. shitty part or the good part? Is it building a tolerance asks, for putting up with bullshit? Because, like, on the one hand, that's useful. But on the other hand, that's how people take advantage of you, you know? So, is that good? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And also, nobody ever asks, like, do I, have, do I have enough character? I think I'm good. I don't need any more of yeah, that. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm topped up. I'm topped <laughs> up on character. Don't need to build anymore. I built it all, and I'm good. I'm good to go. Uh, all right, let's get into the next question, That's which good. comes from Beaky Boop, Beaky Boop, who says, 
How do y'all keep useful self-analysis and criticism from turning into harsh or harmful self-talk? Ooh, interesting. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, other lens into what we were just talking about. Uh, yeah. Well, I, this one is something I've struggled with a lot. I think, I, I don't know if it's ADHD related, but um, I used to, all the time, the entire time that I was drawing, have, a, have an asshole voice in my head. Just the entire time. I'm not even kidding. Just droning on about like, it's not very good. No, no, not that line there. That's not a good choice. Why are you doing that? Et cetera. You know, um, just kind of this constant thing, which I think is what made it so hard to enjoy, uh, you know, as, as you'd expect, having someone be a dick to you the whole time you're working on something. It's not very fun. Um, as far as how to escape that, I think it's a, it's similar to what we've talked about in these other domains, which is it's not, you somehow have to shift the point of what you're doing from being about achieving some end, very particular outcome to basically being process focused and just being oriented around the process. And I know that for me is what kind of defanged the critic because it's, it was no longer, it was no longer about whether or not the output was up to par, if that makes sense. It was about, am I, am I pursuing this in a way that is both enjoyable and then to my understanding of how to do whatever this is, essentially like the correct order, you know, the correct bits and bobs of this process to get this thing going. It was less output focused and more process focused. And as I slowly shifted that, then it's kind of mentally the the shift has become more clear and I I can enjoy it without, I still have some days to be honest, but like, you know, for the most part. Yeah. It's it's always hard. I think it's, it's about like, it's about ego separation because, Mm -hmm. you know, something that, something that you'll always experience if you're starting something new or if you're, you know, even if you've been doing something for quite a while, but you're venturing into some really hard problems, you know, is that there will be plenty of times where you make something and then you look at it and you're like, this isn't good. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the ego part comes in, uh, in terms of like, it's when you say that's not good and therefore neither am I. Right. 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 It's, it's basically believing that, that that somehow means more than it does. Right. When really it's just like you made a thing that wasn't as good as it should be or could be, or or you hoped it would be, Mm -hmm. um, which is just a fact. Yeah, it's all that it's just a thing that happened, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything about anything else. Well, I mean, and the only and it, even when it does, like that thing that it means doesn't have to be moralized either, right? Because like if I if I write, I mean, I actually just did this like this. So like I've been working on this coding project. D- details don't matter. Last week I got to a point where I realized. Oh shit. Like it was, it was really moving. Right. And all of a sudden I was like adding features and it was like going great. And I got to this point where I was like, for the next thing I needed to do where like the entire model that I had like come up with to like how to model everything. Right. Was going to like, to get it to move to this new spot was going to be horrible. I was like, Oh God, like to actually make this work together is just going to be bad. And so at that point I could have said, Oh God, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could have been like turned this into a moral <laughs> spiral, right? But I've gotten so used to this being like basically the daily occurrence of just what the working. Like, Whoops. Yeah, this is just what working <laughs> is on, on stuff that you don't already know how to do, right? And I think the advantage that we have is like every day we're working on stuff that we haven't done. But like every every day is like a slight extension into the unknown, right? And so doing that enough, I think the it's one of those like either the only reason you survive is because you learn how to separate, right? Or mm-hmm. you learn how to separate by doing it. I'm not sure which one it is, right? Uh, but by doing that enough, and I get to the point where I just like look at it, I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. 
so therefore I need to like, here's what has to happen next. And it's purely focused on like, here's the state of things and, and therefore here's what, what needs to come uh, without any moralization at all of like, of I did something bad. Sometimes I'm bummed that all that work went into something. Oh, I'm yeah, like, oh, can, fuck, you know? But that's a different thing. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a yeah. different thing than being like beating myself up about it, right? Um, which just for me has come from time and uh, and then from like starting in grad school in particular and then going up through today where I've just spent so much of my time operating in spaces that I don't fully know how to do the stuff in, right? Mm-hmm. And there was kind of no choice really but to like Drop figure out Pass. how to how to separate the ego part to the point where now it's like and, and it's to the point where it really is like it feels like for me it's a full separation where it's just things that happen are just facts the, the way that things get done are just facts right and it's all focused on okay what comes next and that's it yeah and I, th- I think you kind of realize over time too that uh everything that you do you know, you're doing your best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that might even mean like, like someday you might come into work and you're like, well, I'm like, I'm fucked up. I'm kind of tired. I did not sleep well. Yeah. Your best can be big... bad sometimes. Right. Yeah. Sometimes your best yeah. is shit. Yeah. I yeah. think I said this important. Your best is not an absolute mark. It's sort of yeah. like a. That doesn't mean it's good. Best, right? Yeah. It just means yeah. it's the best that you can do. Yeah. 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 And oftentimes you doing your best is not good enough. Yes. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything other than, well, better luck next time. How do I do yeah. how do I do better, you know, tomorrow? I think yeah, well, I think or, it's a shift, right? It's the process focus shift. And I think part of the challenge, especially when you're when you're trying to do something that's new, is also that you don't especially if you don't have much guidance, you don't have words to be able to define what is the problem with the thing you're working on. And so you basically you yeah. end up in the in a state where you might finish and this happens with people drawing, for example, if you're taking a class, like you'll finish a piece and you think you're done, right? Because you've done what you need to do, supposedly. You might get some feedback from the professor. It's like, this, is a, this isn't good. Or you just look at it and you're like, this isn't good. But you don't yet have enough experience to be able to define why or what could possibly be done, right? And like, that's a very different feeling than knowing like, oh, my values are just fucked up or oh, like the shape language is weird. I got a weird rhythm in here. Like knowing how to dissect a piece in the case of like art, in many ways gives you insulation against essentially just like really negative confusion that's coming in where it's like, this is wrong and I don't know what to do about it, which is yeah, a very that's, different that's the real That's the real hard part, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's that there's a hopelessness that comes from feeling like you aren't measuring up but you also can't see the path yes. and you can't, you can't figure out like what's, what's the gap in between where I am or I just get far away, to get to, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I think, the natural defense mechanism reaction people have is look away, right? Yep. It's like I made a bad thing, uh, and like this is something that I I work with the the my buddies in my WoW guild all the time. Is like we go through various things in this game, and there's all these logs that that you can generate that then you get all kinds of like graphs and and breakdowns of like what happened, you know, when we were fighting this boss or whatever. And and I really have to work with people. To not say things like, wow, don't look at the logs. I did terribly this this fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, now I'm definitely looking at it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because because that, that those should be the times where you you inspect what happened, 
the most. Because if you if you have this habit of saying like, that didn't go very well, I'm going to look away, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dig into it because it's kind of like, it's embarrassing or it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's painful for me to think about all the ways that I screwed it up. Um, then for starters, oftentimes when you actually do dig deep, it's a lot simpler than you thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not actually as big of a deal as you thought, but you can't know that because you yeah, just it. haven't looked at it, you know? And then the other thing that people will tend to do is, is when things don't go well, um, to avoid having to dig into it, they'll grab external explanations and they'll just point at one or two other things that are definitely beyond their control and say, oh, well, like I would have done really great if not for this one thing that happened. Well, I think this right? is the nuanced thing with the whole, like, I'm doing my best, right? Which is like, mm-hmm. again, like we just, like we're just talking okay, about. Yes, you are doing your best. You're doing your you best. Know, doesn't yeah, mean it's but, good enough. It doesn't mean it's good enough. And it doesn't mean also that you cannot do better. Yeah, because your whole yep. your whole purpose is to make your best better, yes. right? Like to to move that benchmark higher and higher. And if if you always do things the same way, and then if you don't get the response that you want, or if things aren't turning out the way that you want, if you refuse to look at it, mm-hmm. if you refuse to dig into it, then your best is always going to be the same, and it will oftentimes therefore be not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Or if you're just um, relying on randomness. Like, because I used to do a lot of self-handicapping, which more or less it is this kind of like temporal best thing where you're like, well, yeah, the reason I didn't do well, you know, swimming today was because I didn't sleep well last night. And it's not, again, it's, that's fine. You could say that. Okay, yeah. But then you have to ask the question, why didn't you sleep well last night? Why isn't it a priority for you to sleep well? What's mm-hmm. happening there? Yeah. What's yeah. that And about? did you not, did you not see this coming? You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Has this been a problem routinely? Because we're starting to get to a point where it's like, just because you did your best doesn't mean that it's not your responsibility to close the gap between your best and good enough. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the really tough pill to swallow, which is when you're doing all this defensive backflips to try to make it. So it doesn't matter that what you did didn't match up. You inadvertently like put a lot of weight into the idea that like, because you tried hard in this moment where maybe trying hard was hard because you Stuff like shit, your parents are fighting, I don't know, whatever, broke up with someone, who cares? You put so much weight into the circumstances that you, and you just routinely do this, then you stop looking at one layer deeper and being like, why did that throw me off so hard? You know, why am I not sleeping every night like I should be if I know this is important? Do I actually give a shit about swimming? You know, maybe I don't. Maybe I should go do something else with my time. Or maybe I should yeah, learn how to fine. go to bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm addicted to, I don't know, screens for whatever reason. I don't know. So I think yeah, it's- well, Join the club. Yeah, join the club. So I, <laughs> I think that's that's the tricky bit is like recognizing that the, the conversation doesn't end because you said like, I'm doing my best. Like, yeah, I understand that, but it wasn't good enough though. So it wasn't good enough. Yeah. So well, and I think that's where the that's where the problem with the moralizing comes in, right? Because because of the moral weight of all of this that people, you yourself, yeah. but also the people around you, put on all of these things, it makes it so that like you basically form this like negative self-talk relationship, right? Of like this yes. representation of, of like the moral weight, right? But having internalizing your own, you know, internal culture of, of critique of like honest, earnest, good faith critique. Um, and, uh, and then ideally also being in a, in a surrounding culture that has that as well is I think like that's the the key to it because, the fact is when you're doing like negative self-talk and like being mad at yourself for doing a bad job and whatever, mm-hmm. right? That's that's actually you acting in bad faith against yourself, right? Because you could critique yourself in this like using the same points, 
right? Oh, like, mm-hmm. oh, like Sam said, like, this didn't work out because you, like, at least in part, because you're doing a bad job of, like, having a sleep schedule that would make it so that you could do this stuff better or whatever, right? And that doesn't have to end with, so therefore you're a bad person, right? And it's... Yeah, it's, that's the trick, basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? the, I think that's the trick to all of this, is, like, trying to figure out how yeah. do you act in good faith towards... One of, the, one of the tricks that I heard somebody say that they do is they give their internal negative uh, voice a name so that it becomes an other, right? And it's not part of their self. And they can tell so that you person could, so you to trash talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, you know, I don't know if that works or not because it's, it's, it's been long enough since I had to like really deal with this because however I found my way, I found my way and it's, and it's all fine. Um, but like presumably there are strategies like that out there that can try to help you move past this coupling of critique with moralization. Um, because however you need to get that start, like start separating those things so that you can stop harming yourself and acting against yourself in bad faith. Um, you like, that's whatever you yeah. can do to get that started. Like it has to get started and, and then just improve over time. It's not, it's not, it's never going to be a, a switch you can flip. There's not going to be a secret where if only you do this now, all of a sudden it's fine. Right. It's a practice yeah. like everything else. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a and practice. Well, yeah. But you also have to recognize that this practice of, of not being overly judgmental and attaching your ego to things in public, this this is something that that would be undoing a lifetime of training that comes from school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Because like because in school, if you make a mistake, it's permanent. Fuck you. Here's your no, F. That's <laughs> good luck right? going like, to college in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you missed a question about electrons. Get fucked. You have an F and now your GPA is ruined forever. Yeah, it doesn't right? matter if you now, like three months later, like suddenly it makes sense. You're like, oh, I get how that works now. Like, oh, yeah, who cares? School teaches you that if you make a single mistake, it's over and mm-hmm. you are and you're an idiot, right? When really, like... <laughs> That's just not how the rest. It's just the most insane. This most insane concept. Like grades are the most insane concept I've ever heard of. The idea of like we're going to take people to a place where they're the whole purpose of them going there is to learn. And you say, okay, well, what happens if somebody has takes two tries to learn something? Oh well, fuck them. (laughs) Get them out of here, right? They're too dumb. No, it's just like everybody learns at their own pace, and people oftentimes like. I think all of us like yep. learn through mistakes. Like you learn by trying stuff that yep. doesn't work out. And then you're like, Oh, never mind. And then you, you just do it again. I was talking about a lot and, on the podcast too. Like so much of the stuff that we've learned, like for me anyway, it's like, I'll try to do something and then discover that oh, I don't, I don't know enough about how to approach this yep. yet. Can't do that. And yet. then I stop. And then six months or a year later, when it becomes relevant again, I try again. Right. And like, that's the kind of thing that if it was in school, I would have just failed. Right. Mm-hmm. But now in real life, I get to like learn how to do a million you awesome things. You know? Yeah, like yeah, so disconnected. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's bizarre because they're always like, well, you know, wait till you get when when they're in school, like wait till you get out into the real world. You know, the real world is just so is so easy. The real world is so much fucking easier than school. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in, in, in ways, certain yeah. ways, absolutely. In so yeah. many ways, you know, yeah, because you do get to you do get to make mistakes. You get to experiment. And consequences of like not knowing something and being bad at stuff, you know, depending mm-hmm. on, depending you know, on if you're, if you, if you like suck at, you know, um, structural engineering and then you build a bridge that collapses, well, you know, harder consequences. Yeah. You, you're going to want to make those mistakes earlier in the process mm-hmm. and work those out before the thing gets built, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, but like we all have this kind of lifetime of sort of training scars of, of having it like baked into our psyche 
that mistakes are a tragedy and will ruin you forever. Don't um, let people see them. Yeah, and that thing is not being good enough is like the word because it is fine, right? Because like the like the line, oh, that's not good enough, right? Is like every time you've heard it, it's in this like intense, like hostile, hostile kind of a way, <laughs> right? When the fact is that like tons of things just aren't good enough, right? For what they're trying to accomplish, most of the time, actually, right? And and like sometimes, yeah, sometimes that is because like someone's being actively bad in some way right but usually it's because like it was just the best that you could do and the best just wasn't good enough right and it's that question of like it's just again it's the question of what comes next right um and what do you and just what do you do yeah the thing i I always liked least was having people uh professors or else who would who would stop there you know it's not good enough could you give me fucking any pointers (laughs) because Kind of why I'm here is to make this better. Yeah, you're like, I know it's not good enough. That's why I'm in an art class. Yep. I know aware. that my art is not good enough. <laughs> I literally signed up for, well, not this, actually. I signed up for what's supposed to come the next step where you tell me what the fuck is going on, right? Yeah, well, and that's one well, of those things, too, right? Like, if, if, if yeah, if somebody, again, this, this is the, then I get a culture of, <laughs> of good faith critique, right? And feedback, right? Because if that's what you get, if you get somebody kind of hostilely basically saying, you're like, well, that's not a good lot of enough. art schools and right. architecture schools work like this, and it's just it's insane. Yeah, where it's just like if the feedback is just purely do better. Like sometimes those are do things better. that you should have done better in the first place because you really should know better, right? That's that that is a thing that can happen, right? Especially like a lot of social things, right? But like, but again, like skills you should things. know better. But if you don't, you don't. Like but if you don't, you don't. If you right? don't know it. Well, the question there is then, like, is somebody is it? A, <laughs> it might make sense that somebody is like so mad at your. Oh you know, yeah. Right about how much of a shit you're being about something that you shouldn't be being a shit about again, like mm-hmm. social. I think it's a different situation. Right? To talk yeah, about, though. yeah, yeah exactly. Because like, yeah, that's people will say that that same line, right? Like that's not good right, enough, right. right? And I think when the and it's in separating these like out, where it's like there's the not good enough because you really should have known better, and it's and it's actually a real problem that you didn't. Yes, right. You do know better. You dropped the ball. You do know better. Hard. You dropped the ball, yeah. right? Yeah. Versus like you don't know and like can't know. Right. And are supposed to be in a context where figuring out how is like the point. The point. Right. And yeah, so there's a, there's of course tons of nuance with all this stuff. Right. But it, it's all comes down to honest evaluation and, and figuring out how do you like the only way you can honestly evaluate your own stuff is also to separate the ego part of it because you can't, you can't possibly even know if the thing that you did was good or bad if your habit is just to tell yourself you're bad at everything all the time. Right? Or that you're good at everything all the time. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think that yeah. was worse. But again, like it's okay to tell yourself you're bad at everything if it's true and you don't feel anything about it yeah, because it is true. It is true. Like I'm, I'm bad at almost every single thing. You don't need to be good yeah. at very many things. That's also like, fun you fact. could. Yep. Yeah, or if you came up really. with a list of like a thousand things that people do, right? Whether it's like fly planes, draw pictures, jump rope. Mm-hmm. If you came up with a list of a thousand things that people do, I am bad at probably basically all of them. Almost every right? single yep. thing, right? Yeah, and so are you. Like everybody is, right? That's okay. Yep. So why, yeah, why do you pick the? Why do you pick some of them? And I'm like, I'm now I'm bad because I'm bad at mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah, so, but because of this one thing, I you know, yeah, I'm a bad person now. Yeah, this this conversation about do better makes me think of didn't isn't that how that Falcon and the Winter Soldier show ended? Mm. Like I don't it remember. ended with it ended with uh with the Falcon talking to uh, some senator and he was just like Senator, do better. And then he just flew off. And it's just like, what the fuck? 
What kind of advice is this? Could you stick around and give me some like policy pointers? Or like, I don't remember the details, but but was this because of it? It was actually the other situation where this guy was obviously doing bad things he shouldn't be doing. Mm. Yeah, because that's when that I don't know. Because that's when yeah. that phrase makes sense, you know. Because you're you're basically you're not actually giving feedback. You're basically saying, "I see what you're doing." You said, "Shame on you." And shame on you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're saying be less of like the person that you are. Yes, please. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's get one last quick question, which is kind of in line with the whole, you know, schema of this no, episode. So, uh, which comes from Tim Conceivable, who says, Sam, uh. a long time ago, you asked me if there were any shortcuts to get better at art. <laughs> yeah. I never found any, but did you? Also, no. <laughs> also, uh, were there any whiz nugs that you feel helped you immensely to improve in art? So that was probably yes. Uh, just to give some context here, so Tim Tim is a local uh, local Saint Saint Louisian, and he was part of the or I guess still is part of the game dev scene here. Um, so Sam and Seth met him in the very early days of uh, butterscotch shenanigans. Yeah, um, he's actually a mod now in our uh, in our school. Yeah, but yeah, I always, I always looked at Tim's at Tim's work because it's really good. I like every time I'd see him, he just like casually kind of bang out cool pieces and stuff. You know, we'd be sitting there. We used to do this uh, game dev drink up thing and he was just he always just was making good stuff and i was like how you know because again it's this whole i'm not there yet how do i get over there um and i think part of it as far as like did i find any shortcuts you know it's weird because so i'd asked him i'd asked uh hibbler who did our paintings for boxer and stuff i asked a couple of these other kind of art people i knew who were clearly better than me like how do you get there? And what's interesting is like everyone, everyone gives the same, roughly the same kind of advice. And I think the problem is that like, you cannot give, these are not whiz nugs that you can pass to someone no. else. You know what I mean? Like there's no the secret. This is, there's no secret. I think the most, so, like, if you ever read any, like you can skip all self-help books ever. If you just, the one sentence, there is no secret. That's the only thing you ever need to like fully internalize. Yeah. Right. There's not a trick out there that if only you knew that trick, everything would be Mm -hmm. easy and fine now, right? Yeah. And that said, I will say that I think, I think a cultivating a learner's mindset, which is a lot of what we talked about just now and also just in general, but cultivating a learner's mindset, doing some therapy, you know, weirdly enough, therapy, very good for getting better at, frankly, anything. That's not weird at all. Yeah. It's just like, take take care of your fucking brain health. Take care of your brain. Learn how to not be an asshole to yourself. Life will get better and to much others. more quickly. Yeah. yeah. And to others. Yeah. Uh, but aside from those like actionable things, you know, the stuff that ended up working for me is not the stuff that actually anybody told me would work for me, unfortunately, because I think each person where you're at contextually is so specific Yeah, that the thing that you need, that you quote unquote need right now uh, is very unlikely for someone else to be able to actually like give it to you and say in one of these conversations or uh, whatever, like a, like a specific thing that would just like lock and key, boom, kind of get you there. And so like the book that I really like gesture drawing for animation by Walt Stanchfield, that was, that was the book to me that suddenly made my view of how to make art its own fun little creative process that I think kicks the whole thing. So I would recommend, I do recommend that book to everybody. Who wants to start doing it? I recommend Game Jams, right? It's like those two things, Game Jams, that book, therapy. Like those, that seems like the sort of mix-up of stuff. But also in the midst of this, you know, uh, we're like running a studio. We're doing Game Jams ourselves. Yeah, Sam, you've been doing it full time for a decade, right? Yeah. Like if you're and looking like, for a secret, like 
That's the secret. Just do that. It is, <laughs> just, yeah, just, do, just do art full time for a decade, you know? Yeah, to, con- to continue working on it. But I think, again, like with with a curious approach. As yeah, I agree. I agree with you that, that having curiosity is just actually the most important part. But it's required. I think yeah, it's but required. I don't know. I don't know how you develop that if you don't already have it. Because um, I, th- I well, think I think a lot of how we were raised was like curiosity first, like from from the moment we could like talk our our parents but our mom in particular would just be like how do you think that works and just like ask us to try to explain shit right yeah uh, and that would, was like we, we would try right so that was like, like that was gpt like, but really yeah, say, yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> all, all kinds of weird answers yeah, except without without knowledge of all things and then being weird about it we just didn't even know anything either you know mm-hmm. yeah. so I, I think how to develop that curiosity i think comes from a combination of like again, defanging that critic and finding even a class or two to help you get a structured way to think about or talk about the thing that you want to be doing. Get some feedback on it. Um, you just got to try different I, approaches. Yeah, try different approaches. I do feel like the the classes helped get things going because they gave me some language that I just did not have up to that point. I think I've taken three or four at this point, and I I would. It's the sort of thing where like. In retrospect, at the time, I wouldn't say there was clearly like a BC and AD sort of a division between those moments in time, like before having taken at least a class. Uh, but now I think there is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like looking back, I, th- I think it was an important moment because it was the first time where I got structured critique from someone looking specifically at my work, right? Not, yeah. not, not only self-evaluating basically or yeah, self or self-evaluation. Yeah. 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 Well, and I remember in those classes, like they had you do all kinds of stuff that you had never done. Like oh, yeah. all, all that, all that perspective drawing yep. work that you yeah. did. So you're also just kind um, of uncomfortable like, the whole time, right? Like learning oh, yeah. new stuff. I was very tired. <laughs> yeah. And, and those are the kinds of things that, that ended up carrying back over into what we do yeah. in the studio, but it wasn't obvious at the time how that would happen. Like I, I still remember uh, back when we were working on Scuffle Buddies mm-hmm. way back when, and we were like, we're going to make this game in an isometric view. And, and that was, that was such a, it was such a struggle. Um, and anytime you were working on an asset, you're just like, this oh, isometric, anguish, this, yeah, this isometric shit, like I can't fucking, can we just stop? Can we not do it mm-hmm. in this, you know? Um, and then Crashlands 2 is, is all in that perspective. And I haven't heard a word about it. No, it's no. relatively easy to do now. But yeah. that's, the problem. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those it's one of those things where but I, I remember I remember the conversation because you were like, no, isometric is just harder. And I was like, how though? Like, what's what is like how is it that, that like this this is inherently more difficult than this other thing? I mean, I can um, I can tell you now. This is the weird thing, right? But also there's like, two there's, answers, right? One is there's probably like an answer, right? But there's also because that isn't what you you didn't know how to do it. Exactly. Right? Because I didn't have a, a skill of drawing in perspective, right. actually. That's that's yeah. the reason why it was hard so, for me. So it has to be harder, yeah. And the reason why it's harder, I think, than just drawing basically whatever the fuck you want is because it has technical constraints. Side. Yeah, it has technical constraints. That's it. Like, it's not complicated. It's not You're a satisfying representing answer. volumes, right? Yeah. So you have to learn yeah. how to draw volumes. It's I, like, the, it's the 2D to 3D transformation, right? Except you're still yes. projecting it back onto 2D, but you just have to imagine it in 3D first, which is... Yeah. Yeah. But again, like back to that idea of like, if you, if you know that something is hard and you but you are like, you're not able to deliver something, but you also can't see exactly what Why? you do, then all you have is frustration. Well, all, right? you, all you have is self-blame, actually, I think in my case, <laughs> which was like, I can't draw these things isometric. And I also 
cannot articulate why it should be different in terms of the challenge level, but it is. And as a result, then uh, I'm just going to opt to hate myself instead of figuring out what the problem is. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of the, that was my internal response, which was like, I I think that's pretty common. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's everybody's. First, first response. So I think, I think that's, what, that's what the classes are like. Like any, any other thing, I would say basically the secrets, the open secrets are get structured feedback, hang out with people who are excited about and doing the same thing. So specifically so that you can both not be alone and then also learn to develop language in talking about the pieces that you're working on or the critiquing basically. Uh, and then, yeah, developing that learner's mindset. They're all kind of the, the same. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it, if yeah, if you make like if you just make a lot of stuff, like all of it's bad in retrospect, and a lot of it's bad even went right when you make it, right? As you're practicing and doing stuff. And I think one of those is like at some point you're just like you've made so many bad things, right? That it is now boring that you've made a bad thing. You know what I mean? Where you just it like matter. It's not like yeah, like that's how I feel now when I'm programming. Like if I start to struggle at something, or if I'm just like running kind of like, oh, this this is definitely shit, right? I'm just like, I've written so much shit code, right? It's fine. Been here before. Just add this to the pile. (laughs) It just doesn't matter. Um, But I do think, I think there's something interesting though about saying that those three things are the secret because the prevailing advice for any of these things, whether it's game making, drawing, whatever else, programming, is to just do it. Everyone's like, draw, do your 10,000 drawings. Yeah, no. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I draw way less than most people who I've talked to who are like, who are very good at art. Like I do just, I don't draw as much just straight up. It's still um, mostly for production, right? Like it's mostly for production. It's barely like a thing I do. I still, I actually do do it for fun every so often now, which is a different, a change, but like I don't have projects that I'm like, Ooh, I can't wait to get home and finish where I could paint this. No, like I, I don't do that. You know, no interest in that. But I think what's weird about it is that, you know, those three things that I listed aren't about volume. Yeah. They're not about producing they're about approach. drawings, actually. They're about approach. So maybe that's the secret, which is it has nothing to do with drawing. Always evaluate. That's the secret. Yeah, it's like it's always take a step back and practice uh, useful, honest critique. Yeah. Well, I think part of this is like because this is something that my, my wife has talked about is, is I think this was something that came from um, – one of our therapy sessions, but uh, was the idea that I think I think our therapist just asked her at some point, like, so you say this stuff about like how you're perceiving yourself, like in these different scenarios, right? If one of your close friends, right, was like told describe the same scenario to you, would you be as hostile towards them, right, mm-hmm. as you are to yourself? The, and the answer is obviously like, well, no, because that would be an insane way to behave. Wildly inappropriate. Right? Yeah. If and, your friend was like, I tried to draw a picture and it didn't turn out very well, and then you say to your friend, Yeah, well, that's because you suck. Yeah, you're a bad. <laughs> you're a bad. You stop person. trying. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that, that would be insane. And, and, and so, wow, what a bad friend. That's something to to, <laughs> to think about. But also, I think it it also leads to this uh, a practical approach of. It's really, really hard because this this is all emotional stuff and you can't control that, right? So mm-hmm. so it's really, really hard to it's easy to say, oh, just like separate your ego from your work, right? But like practically that's not a that's not a thing you can do, right? That's a skill you develop over time. Yeah. Um and you need mechanisms to do it because you're not gonna be able just to stop negative self-talk. You're not gonna be able just to stop those things. And so you need ways to to mitigate those and to and to make it so that you can practice and push that gap wider. And so, like as Sam said, getting a good therapist is probably the most mm-hmm. powerful okay. thing you could do towards that direction, right? Um, and 
in addition to that, really practicing that with other people, right? Because you're going to give other people more benefit of the doubt, more, uh, just more gentleness, right? Than you are to yourself, right? That's and true. so it helps you then articulate it internally, also. Yeah, yes. and so and even even if stuff that you don't do out loud, right? Because because like we also we've all been ingrained to have a habit of like if we see something out in the world that we don't like, of being just an asshole about it, right? We're like, oh, I hate that game, or I hate this book, or you know whatever, right? Um, and one of the things that's been really helpful for me over time is also just to practice whenever I have those reactions to things like that, is to be like. No, no, no. I, like, I'm being the asshole here, right? Like, this is this is just not something that I like or whatever, but that has nothing to do with the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to pull my own responses to other stuff, not to my own stuff, like, back and put them into a more healthy and, and well-meaning kind of a space, right? I think also really helped me triangulate how to do that for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you – because I, I think if you find yourself, like, participating in the sort of – prevalent culture of just like hating on stuff right yeah, you that's going to bleed into what you're doing anyway and I, and I do think it's easier to to for you yourself to make proactive change towards those outer facing things and i think the end result is that that's going to come back in mm-hmm. so i guess the the summary then is if you want to get better at art you know get a good or therapist anything. practice breathing right. exercises lawyer up hit the gym delete yep. facebook <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not yeah the secret to doing better <laughs> at at insert subject yep. is not about insert subject. You know what I mean? It's just not it's about just being it's basically, kind to yourself. Yeah, take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you, and be curious. You know, so, yeah. It's a good good place to to leave it good. for the week. Uh, we'd like to thank our producers Fat Bard and Sampa DeCosta for putting the podcast together, and thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can go to podcast.bscotch.net where we have links to the Discord, a way for you to donate, and links to the archives. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.